Hello and welcome to the November 2nd, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Everybody and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is great to have everybody here with me today, and of course, it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. I feel like I need to switch that up, um, but my obsessive-compulsive disorder will not allow me to do so. So, unfortunately, guys, that will be my introduction for a very long time to come. Where did I get it? How did I come up with it? I have no idea. One day, something I said. I don't really know half of how I come up with some of these things, these ideas. Um, you, as listeners, oftentimes help me with your emails because you will ask me to discuss a particular topic, so sometimes that's very helpful. But if I'm being completely honest, a lot of times it's just the way I wake up and what I feel is necessary to talk about based on my feelings. And while that might seem a little bit selfish, it is, again, and I've described this many, many times, it's exactly what I need as a person with a mental illness to get by in life, which makes me wonder, and I I, got to say this, like, why on earth do I find it so easy to talk to you guys and so rewarding and beneficial and um, literally sometimes can change my entire day? Whereas in talking to a person on a couch, let's say, I'm done. I have no desire. I'm not interested. Um, And I think I know the answer. I think part of it is I'm just so tired of telling my story over and over again from the beginning. You know, with you guys, it's um, I gave you my story. We follow up on it. We touch upon a few different things. I get my feedback, and we go on our merry ways, whereas, you know, sitting on that couch my god guys do you know how many times i've been told to stop and think before i act and do deep breathing and uh, i mean listen a lot of it a lot of it works but a lot of it does not when you're mentally ill and i gotta tell you i mean in uh, i've been thinking back a lot lately in terms of what i was at one point in my life and i gotta tell you it is actually embarrassing to some degree because there are certain ways that in which I've acted that I actually cannot believe, number one, that people still want to be associated with me, number two, that I still am married to my wife, and number three, that my friends still want to be around me based on my past because I was a complete animal. And while I want to sit here and say, wow, look at you, Mr. Joe, look at the steps you have taken to better your life, you you know, you came off drugs, you know, you're on the right medication, you're seeing your doctor on a consistent basis, you're doing all that you need to do, Mr. Joe, but little do we realize sometimes that although we think all of these things are within our, you know, ability to talk about and brag about or be proud of ourselves about. Little do we know that regardless of how far we have come, we still are mentally ill. 
And I got to tell you guys, there have been a few days in the past week in which I have had to think back, not to my past past, but to my past day, my day at work, and think about some of the comments I make and, you know, some of the outlandish things that come out of my mouth that, you know, yeah, they make people laugh. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty funny guy. I get it. I do believe that I have some humor. And, and you know, I, I get that. But, you know, to some degree, you gotta, you got to have a filter. You do. And I got to tell you guys, I don't have a filter at all. So where, where is this all coming from? Well, there's one big, 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 big topic that I'd like to discuss. Well, two topics. But essentially, where does this come from? Guys, I am actually living with mania again. So here's my question. Do I live with this forever? I mean, what, when is this going to come down? When am I going to stop? Because here's what it is. And I know there are many of you who are going to sit back and say, Mr. Joe, wow, I would do anything to feel that way. Because this is how I feel. I feel absolutely perfect. Like nothing can affect me. Like I can conquer the world. And I say to myself, well, is this how I'm supposed to feel? Is this stability? And guys, I know we visited this before because Mr. Joe has been manic before. But this time it's not going away. <laughs> it's just not going away at all. Um, and, and again, the good thing is that it has not been irritability. It has not been action without consequences or with consequences, I apologize. But what it has been is my mouth. That is for sure. I got, a, I got some mouth on me and I just keep saying whatever the heck I want to say. And I got to learn how to put that in check because at some point it's going to, um, you know, it's going to get me in trouble. And I'm so aware of it, guys, but oftentimes so unable to take care of it that many times it feeds my paranoia and I'm on edge because I'm always wondering whether or not somebody is going to take what I might have said today or yesterday and analyze it and think that it's inappropriate and, you know, call me out on it. So, I mean, for example, today, one of our, um, you know, um, I guess you could call them vice principal or something like that. I got a call over our loudspeaker, and listen, guys, let's let's put it very, very blunt here. My office and my team, we are the centerpiece of where we work, just so everybody understands that the place could not function without us. Now, with that being said, there are different leaders in different positions, and gratefully, all the leaders in every aspect get along great together. That's wonderful. So when this woman, who is a vice principal, called me over the loudspeaker or our little walkie-talkies, I have to tell you, the walk from my office to her office was, dear God, what did I say? What is this about? Because she rarely calls me, and I just didn't have a good feeling about it. So, of course, I get in the office... I sit down, and what are her first words to me? Mr. Joe, now you're going to see Mrs. So-and-so mad. And I'm like, oh, God. Now, again, this is not a woman that can get me in trouble by any stretch of the imagination. But at the same token, she's a co-worker. She's someone I respect, someone I want to put her faith in me. I want to be able to trust her. So, of course, the paranoia now is like at an all-time high. And the follow-up statement is basically centered around a different 
child, student, whatever you want to call them, that will be entering into the school. And long story short, they have asked me to be the one to handle him. He has been kicked out of six different places. And that, by the way, that's what the phone, that's what the, uh, you know, walkie-talkie call was. Here I am marching to the office saying, all right, wait, wait, get ready to defend yourself on whatever dumb thing you said yesterday. And uh, no, it was actually complimentary. It was, it was you know, we can't do this without you. And as a matter of fact, we're not going to do it at all if you don't want to do it because you're the only one that we think can. That's really great to hear, guys. That's, you know, everybody needs to hear that every once in a blue moon. Now, maybe it meant more to me because I honestly thought that something I might have said yesterday, and I got to tell you, I, don't, I can't even pinpoint anything I might have said. Oh, here's a good one. <laughs> and I swear I got looked at like I, had, I was insane. So one of the women in my office, their boyfriend works here at the place that I work with. And every, you know, once in a while, stroll in. And I have to say, he's one of the nicest men I have ever met, honestly. And I love her. I love him. They're just great down-to-earth people. And when he walks in, I gave him like a tap on the shoulder. And when I felt his arm, I was like, whoa. I'm like, look at you, man. You know, like. Bro, you're working out, man. You got a good body there. <laughs> Guys, honestly, when it came out of my mouth, I couldn't believe that it came out of my mouth. The only thing I knew was, thank God that the girl kind of, to some degree, added fuel to the fire and took the the concentration off me because she, <laughs> she turned around and said, oh, God, he does not. And I'm like, and then I argued back with her, yes, he does. And all the time, this man is looking at me like I'm insane because I am. And, and quite honestly, the other people in my office just put their heads down. And there was a part of me that wanted to come in today and apologize, but, you know, then there's that other part of me that wonders, am I looking too deep into this and, and misconstruing everything because I saw that young man again today, and you know what? He's been just as cool as he's always been to me, so I don't know. Maybe it's my perception, but what I do know is you're not supposed to say that stuff. Come on. I mean, really. I mean, listen, I know I do that with my buddies, my best friends. Like, yeah, feel those arms, you know, whatever they might be. But these are my close friends that I've known for years and years. This is not somebody that I've just started working with in September and, and, and recently just starting having, just started having like a, a greeting um, relationship. That's all it is. A hello, a goodbye, a shake hands. Uh, you know, and here I am commenting on his body. Who in their right mind does anything like that? Um, but I'm starting to realize being honest is, is usually, if not always, the best way to go. It really is. because, And when I say that, guys, I don't mean that I've ever been dishonest at my job. But there were times in which, you know, we call it, um, I mean, lying by omitting. So there would be times where I would just not relay certain information. Um, but I, I started to realize, man, that it's just so much easier to be honest. Whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, but we have to do this in an appropriate manner. And unfortunately, Mr. Joe is struggling with that to a great, great length, or great, great heights, great length. God only knows, guys. And this is this is part of the mania problem. My words are all over the place, shifting left, right, up, and down. I mean. I got things popping out of my mouth. I, there are some words that I've been saying today. I don't even know where I got them from. Yet, this is me saying this is the best that I feel. And again, this is the best that I've felt.
as far as I can recall, ever. Ever, ever. Now, what are some of the things bringing me down? Quickly. My older children. I'm a, I'm a mess. And a few of you have reached out in the past to give me the hope, or at least help me to understand that this is common, this is normal, it's to be expected, and one day my beautiful older children will come back to me and want to be around me, <laughs> you know. Um, and I got to tell you, you know, I got the call from my son yesterday. Hey, Dad, would you mind this weekend if I didn't come by? My friends here in this town are doing a ride out, which is, you know, some kind of bike ride or whatever. Um, it's interesting because, God, when I was little, well, you know, his age, God only knows how many years ago, we never called it a ride out. We just got on our bikes and rode. I mean, so whatever. Everything's got a name now today, I guess. Um, and what am I supposed to do? Yes, son, whatever you feel like, you know, you need to do, go ahead. I don't want to hold you away from anything, which, of course, gives my daughter a free pass. I didn't even bother calling her yet. I mean, I'm going to ask her anyway, but, you know, if a brother's not showing, she's not showing. So is that bringing me down? Yes, tremendously bringing me down. My mother bringing me down, the fact that I'm not talking to her. And everybody turns around and says, well, why aren't you talking? If you're upset that you're not talking to her, just talk to her. And it's very simple. I can't because I'll just be back in the same situation I was in a week from now. And my mental health relies on being stable there for my children. And she just brings me and my sister down. So we are by no stretch of the imagination ready to engage with that woman because the thoughts of her just bring me down enough. So that's that. What's good? My, my younger children are great. Is instead of losing them, I'm gaining them. I'm starting to realize. And, and again, guys, when I think back to when Sara Lee and um, Junior were the age of these guys, the younger ones, you know, by the way, I don't even remember what I named my little girl. God, how, how sad. What name did we give her? Anyway. I went through the same thing with my little, my older guys when they were little. You know, they they wanted a cuddle. They wanted the closer they can get to daddy, was the better and more secure they felt. And you know, I feel that with my younger ones, whereas my older ones, and I know I sound like a broken record, I just continuously um, feel as if you know, like oh, and here we go, guys, live and in person. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but my phone is ringing. Isn't this wonderful? The name, let's see if I can see. It says M-O-M. Well, guess what? I'm not answering you. Sorry. It breaks my heart, guys. You think I like doing this? I don't want to do this to her. I, I don't. But you know what? I also don't want to listen to her message when, uh, when she leaves one. And I'm not going to because it will ruin the rest of my day. Just like yesterday, after three days, I let a voicemail sit there. And when I listened to it, finally, it ruined the rest of my day. And it wasn't even a mean one. It was a crying one, a sad one, a one desperately begging for me to come back to her because she's all alone and she needs me and she's sorry that she said what she said because, you know, um, maybe I thought she was drunk, but I swear on your dad's grave, I, I was not drinking and I never will. I, I just don't think she gets it that you're just not allowed to treat people this way. You're just not. 
It's as simple as that. I understand your mental illness, okay? I get it. I want to be there for you. I want to support you. I, even in the times when you are a nasty you-know-what, I understand. But it also gets to a point, guys, and I've said this a million times, when your own mental health is suffering, you got a big issue, okay? So anyway, there, there's another thing bringing me down, okay? My older children, my mother, unfortunately, and whereas my younger children um, have been certainly a... Uh, you know, reliving the moments from my past in some extent with some new beautiful children that I produced. Now, as I sit here and speak about mania, you know, it's kind of exciting that live and in person we had MOM call, but at the same token, I have to tell you guys, here I am talking up a storm and my eyes are closing. So what does that tell you? Well, I'll explain what it tells you. Yes, Mr. Joe has been manic. But also, Mr. Joe has not been sleeping a wink. I, did, I believe I reported that maybe last week I went 50 hours without closing my eyes. Um, last night, I think I got two hours maybe. And I have to tell you guys, I'm sitting here and my eyes are literally rolling in the back of my head. And that's because I'm not getting the sleep that I need. But because I'm manic, obviously, I can you know, go all day. It's, it's amazing because it's almost like you're on like a drug. Really. Oh, by the way, a minute and 35 seconds. Yikes. That's my mother's message. This is going to be a tough one. Anyway, um, where was I? Oh, so I'm exhausted is what it comes down to. I mean, I cannot. And, and again, like a drug, it's almost like the mania is able to keep you going throughout the course of a day. So, oh boy, guys, this is unbelievable. I don't know if you hear the ding-dings, but that's what my vo Oh, boy. Here we go. And let's see if we could read this. It says M-O-M. God help me. And this... You see, guys, she just left a minute and a 35-second... Minute, 35-second voicemail. What more can you possibly say in addition to what you just said while I'm at work... And you know I'm at work, and by no stretch of the imagination should you be interrupting my day and the importance of what I do for a living. But she does not understand that her behaviors affect the behaviors of everyone else. She just doesn't get it. And guys, somebody in my office, one of my office mates today, yelled at me, and I adore her. This is the one with the boyfriend. Like, man, I feel so sad for your mom. And I get it. I understand. She's like, well, maybe she doesn't understand mental illness and what to do. I said, I have been trying to guide this woman for years. She, she just doesn't want to get better. She saw her, her grandmother, my grandmother. Everybody had mental illness. Everybody. So it should not have come to it as a surprise. Here's the problem, guys. Back in the day, nobody wanted to admit anything. You know, it's finally taken my mother this long to admit that she is, even has some kind of a mental illness. But back in the day, man, you think the stigma is bad now. My God, you weren't even allowed. You, if you were mentally ill, depressed, manic, AD, whatever you are, nobody knew. You were just a weirdo. You know, look at that crazy guy, you know, walking on the street with no shirt, dancing on the top of a car. Oh, what a nut. But the dancer... Okay, who's stripping his clothes off while he bounces on the hood of a car, a.k.a. Mr. Joe, has, um, you know, very little idea as to why he's doing it and what he's doing it for. And, um, 
that he is actually mentally ill. But people in the back in the day perceived that as, oh, look at that loony bin who must have... I swear, guys, I got to tell you, and I hate to use the word loony bin, but I remember back to my parents. We lived in Mr. Joe's neighborhood back then, in which was very, which was connected to a very, um, let's put it this way, there was a psychiatric uh, place very close by. And I remember my parents would drive by and they'd be like, oh, boy, look at the loony bin that got loose. Because apparently they would, they would get loose from the institution. And they'd be on the streets. And my parents, oh, another one got away. You know, and, but those were the loony bins they would refer to them. They were crazy. They were me. They were you. They were us. But nobody would admit it. Instead, they're, oh, they're just nuts. Okay, and just omit it, forget about it, never talk about it, don't look at it. You know, doesn't matter what, uh, you know, Italian heritage, we don't get mentally ill. Okay, Jewish heritage, you know, back in the day, we don't get mentally ill. It's just the way that it is. Um, so I do believe that that has something to do with it, that my mother never really recognized the fact that her grandmother and my grandmother or her mom were that sick. But guys, you know, I remember being five years old, maybe even younger, in my great-grandmother's apartment with pinholes in her wall, and I know I've discussed this before, and her insisting that squirrels were climbing through them, and men were sitting on her, um, on her, what's it called, on her dresser, and things of that nature, just kind of sitting there. So, what do you call that? Psychosis. We, we didn't, I didn't know that. Hallucination, psychosis. But you would think that my mother would have taken that and ran with it and said, you know what, there's a damn strong possibility that I have been, unfortunately, made, created with the same kind of mental illnesses that my family have. And I get it, because I didn't do it either, up until recently. And recently, at least enough in the last 10 years or so. But, again, it's taken me 17 years to get to understand, oh boy, here we go. By the way, so we got a minute and 35 and then a 33-second email. And already my, my mood has been absolutely destroyed. Okay, so here's the deal, guys, all right? I am exhausted. I have not been sleeping because I have had been manic, like I just said. And today is the first day that it seems to be catching up with me, maybe because I'm just sitting here, relaxed, speaking, as my eyes are closing. So here's what I want to talk about. I need to sleep. It's as simple as that. I need to sleep. And I'm sorry, guys, I refuse. I'm not taking a clonopin every night. I just can't do it. Mr. Joe cannot get wrapped up in that. Because you want to know something, guys? If I did, if I took a .50 clonopin every single night, I'd go to bed and I'd sleep. I know it. To the point where I don't even know if I would need. You know how sometimes your tolerance builds up? I don't even know if I would need more as my tolerance built up because I just think it's just one of those things. I just need a little extra help to get to sleep at night. But I refuse to go on that. Okay? My Seroquel makes me freaking exhausted. But now that I'm back on it, you know, kind of that kind of goes away just so everybody knows. Like, yeah, you're tired, but... Um, let's put it this way. I'm not, as always, I've always been able to fall asleep, which is just so weird. Don't matter how manic I am. Now, I will say this. Over the last week, 
I have not been able to get to sleep, but not laying and struggling in my bed. I've just been doing things. I have not been able to stop ironing clothes at midnight, you know, crazy things that I should not be doing. But nevertheless, and by the way, I've forgotten several times already where I was at and what I was saying throughout this podcast. I just want everybody to know. So my memory is completely gone in terms of what I want to report on. As a matter of fact, I don't even remember the topic that we were just talking about. How sad is that? It had to be sleep, right? Because as I'm dozing off again. Let's just move forward, guys, because I really honestly don't remember. But what I do know is that I need to sleep, okay? And I said, clonopin's no good. A sleeping pill's no good. I'm not doing it. Just not doing it. And, oh, and I did say I fall asleep rather easily. I just can't stay asleep. There was one time in Mr. Joe's life over the course of the last 10 years that I would be able to sleep soundly. And when was that? That was when Mr. Joe engaged in smoking marijuana. Eating marijuana, edibles, whatever it might be. You know, not, not to get high. I'm not talking about getting high. I'm talking about medicinal purposes. Not overdoing it. Literally doing, taking it so you can sleep. Now, that's where I'm at. And I'm on the fence. I am on the fence because I need to sleep, guys. So what I tried to do in my head is I said... Well, let's weigh the bad with the good. Okay, so with the bad. When I smoke marijuana, depending on what time it is, I become somewhat lazy. It all depends. Well, that's bad. Okay. Um, My eyes become red. (laughs) That's bad. Um, I'll, you know, want to hang out on the couch sometimes. That can be bad. I actually am productive sometimes, and overly productive. That could be kind of bad, too. But you know what's so interesting is that if you take, I think I named four things there, four bad things. If you look at those four bad things, well, guess what? They're really not that bad. They're all good, really, because, oh, they could be good. Yeah, Somewhat lazy? Yeah. Well, if you smoke at the right time, and you get ready for bed, you should be lazy. If you smoke at the right time, you should be on your couch or in your bed. If you smoke at the right time and it causes you to have an excessive amount of energy for some reason and to be productive, well, you need to know your body. And if you do it at the right time, you'll be able to do what you need to do and fall asleep. Now, there was one thing, so here's my point, guys. The good and the bad, I I mean, whatever way you look at it, you know, it all goes back to the same thing, and that's essentially me being able to sleep. Now, the one bad that I did not talk about, and this is real bad, guys, and I can't, again, you know, for some people it may be a good. For me, it's not, all right? But my bad when it comes to marijuana is my eating. There's no doubt about it, and I have to tell you guys, I am probably in the best shape of my life right now. I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, Much of it has to do with dieting. Um, I'm on extra testosterone because my levels were so low. And you know what? That might also be adding to my mania, by the way. Okay, that's something to think about. Although it's actually been going on for a lot longer than that. Um, And again, here we go. Oh, so the eating. (laughs) Um, 
and, and it could be good for some people. Some people need marijuana. It's prescribed to them so that they could put on weight. For me, I am just a disgusting animal when it comes to eating. I will say this. I absolutely 100% cannot control myself when I smoke marijuana and I get hungry. I'm telling you. And then, by the way, I have a bad stomach the next day. I, I, I could, Guys, I will go from Cocoa Krispies to pretzels to potato chips to chocolate, and I hate chocolate, okay, to an egg roll, back down to a, um, you know, a, a, a pork chop. I mean, guys, this is insane, but that's what I'll do. And I'll just keep saying to myself, ah, it's just tonight, just tonight, while I open and close the refrigerator 4,000 times, staring at the same shelves over and over again. And you saw that already, Mr. Joe. You don't want that one. Okay, it's not, nothing else is going to appear when you open it up next time, but don't matter because I am just a ravishing maniac when it comes to weed, marijuana, pot, whatever you want to call it, in terms of my eating habits. So for me, that's the bad. And I have to tell you guys, unfortunately, that's a real bad because it does so many different things to me. It, it, it Honestly, it, it does ruin my mood to some degree on many different levels when I eat like that. One, because of my obsessiveness and thinking to myself, well, you're supposed to be in shape now, Mr. Joe. You just ruined everything. Okay, and at the same token, it will cause tremendous and unbearable stomach problems for me the following day where guys I'm telling you man I might as well pitch a tent in the bathroom at work if that was the case okay because I would be sleeping out there sitting on a toilet bowl for the entire day because of the uncontrollable amount of food that I eat and the different mixtures so that's the one thing that's holding me back and my wife has even said it before she said you know I wouldn't have a problem with you going back to marijuana because you didn't you never abused it. But your eating habits are out of control. They're absolutely unbearable and to the point where she can't even watch me. Guys, I'm telling you. I mean, listen, maybe something's changed, but I doubt it. Okay? Because I, honestly, I'm getting hungry just thinking about marijuana. <laughs> so, I mean, uh so that's the one if I could get past that guys like it would be great. I just need to sleep. So here's what I'm going to do. I have to meet with my psychiatrist next week. I might even brought this up that I was going to ask about this with my psychiatrist. And I never did. I apologize. I'm yawning, everybody. That's how tired I am. Um, but I'm going to bring it up because it is something here in Mr. Joe's neighborhood that is absolutely not frowned upon. Um, to me, it's been something that I've been holding back for quite some time to you as an audience, mainly because in one of the countries that I broadcast in, just by a chance, I went on, and I know I just talked about this also, I went on and read a review about Mr. Joe's podcast, and I got to tell you, everybody writes wonderful things. And if you don't, that's okay, too. You, you know, be honest. But one of them commented on the fact that back, you know, several podcasts ago or 50 ago or 60 podcasts ago that I started smoking marijuana and they were essentially calling me a drug addict on my review, you know, like, oh, what's next, opiates, okay, like being very disappointed in me and I got to tell you, it has lived with me since I've seen that, not anymore, not anymore, I have to do what's right for me. And guys, honestly, uh, if I decide to smoke, smoke marijuana again, 
through the advice or guidance of a doctor. This is the first time you're going to hear Mr. Joe say this, okay? And you know that I, honestly, guys, I don't have a mean bone in my body. I really don't. But I will tell you this. If you have an issue with me smoking marijuana when I do, turn my podcast off and don't listen. It's as simple as that. Because I could almost guarantee that there are several of you out there that I don't agree with some of the things that you do. But we're all individuals, we're all human beings, and everything is different for everyone. Certain things work, certain things don't. For me, marijuana worked. So I got to talk to the doctor. Because, guys, I'm not going on Ambien, I'm not going on Clonopin, I'm not going on... Benadryl. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. Now, crazy, manic, maniac, you know, bipolar, schizoaffective Joe who was unmedicated, I wouldn't give two you-know-whats about what I put in my body back then. If I had to sleep, you best believe I was sleeping. If I had to drink an entire bottle of wine to go to sleep, I would go to sleep by an entire bottle of wine. If I had to smoke 15 bong hits, I smoke 15 bong hits. If I had to swallow six different Vicodins, I'd do it. Just to get what I wanted. And to be high at the same time. Nah, nah, nah. Not anymore, guys. I am in control. I am in control. Kind of not always, but, you know, I can't control this mania if it is mania, which I'm pretty sure that it is. But for the most part, I remain mostly in control of who I am. And if I'm not in complete control, I'm usually aware on how to regain control, if that makes any sense. So my big to do on my to-do list is to try to regain control once again of my ridiculous mouth that oftentimes has so much difficulty shutting up. It's amazing, guys, because in my profession, with the children that I work with, the number one piece of advice and strategy that I give every single teacher, administrator, paraprofessional, teacher, whoever I'm working with, when you're dealing with behaviors, most of the time, if not all of them, you should be keeping your mouth shut. I know that sounds crazy, guys, all right? But with autism, the more we feed into it, the more of a struggle we get, the power struggle, the confrontation, the more personal we take these things, well, the worse it gets. I mean, just this morning, just so you know, one of the teachers ran across the hall to get me, and I ran over. Oh, so-and-so's having a behavior we want you to see. Okay, so he's out in the hallway. Um, he has a proactive, or uh, sorry, reactive strategy in which he has this piece of paper that's laminated. It tells him to stop, tells him to count to ten, tells him to deep breathe, and then tells him to talk quietly, calmly, and nicely to an adult. And I presented that to him with the teacher assistant. And he did it. He did it all. And I, are you ready to go back in now, bro, into the classroom? Yes, Mr. Joe. And then what does the TA do? Well, she starts ranting and raving about what he did yesterday and how they got to the point that they were at and, you know, why she was not happy with him and all these different things. And guess what? It started right up back again. 
because that's what our annoying voices sometimes do to our children with autism. You know, I can't begin to tell you how many people I have to shut up during the course of a day. You know, a child's having a behavior on the floor, and you got 15 staff members yelling at the poor child. No, he's not doing the right thing. He or she is not doing the right thing. But, guys, if you, if 15 of my listeners were in front of my face giving me directions and telling me to do different things, I wouldn't know who to listen to either, and I would continue to behave badly. Most of the time, if not all of the time, positive attention for children and adults with autism is equal to that of negative attention. So when you get into these verbal confrontations, okay, it just doesn't work. It makes things worse. And ultimately, that's a lot of times what our kids are looking for, for us to react. The more we react, the more they act out. So, so many times I tell people to keep their mouths shut, and guess what? Well, Mr. Joe, you do that real well when it comes to your children and the students that you work with. Not with your own kids. That's a whole different story. With them, you're a nightmare, Mr. Joe, because you don't follow anything that you preach. Very different with your own kids. But um, that's my job. That's my homework. Keep my mouth shut. Try. And you know what is so, so sad? That there is a good chance when I hit stop on this podcast... I'm going to go back in that office and do the same damn thing that I've been doing for the last month. We try, guys. What else can we do? We are mentally ill. We have bipolar disorder or all we know somebody with it. So that's who we are. And we just got to keep plugging along, guys. So listen, man, if you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness, continue to support that person the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now, please continue to fight. Continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Talk to you guys real soon. Thank you for listening, and have an awesome day.